All right, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty and Fantasy Podcast. And you are listening to episode number 96, which is the week three of the regular season kickoff show. I am your host, Memphis, at DFF Memphis. And with me, as always, is my tag team partner, my partner in crime, Mr. Jerry Sinclair, at Jerry Sin DFF on Twitter. Jerry, what is going on tonight, man? Man, this past weekend, I had my first sweat of the season. I, uh, I had Allen Robinson going into Monday night. He had Danny Trevathan in an IDP bonus. And I was up by nine. And with four minutes left, I was up by eight. And then Danny Trevathan decided he wanted to get a sack. He wanted to force a fumble on that sack. And then he got two more tackles. And with a minute left, I was up by one point, and I ended up holding it out. Waiting on the stat correction by Thursday, but it's looking good. Sweating it out. Well, I, I got away with the uh, ultimate in fantasy no-no. So I'm in, in the, the, the number of leagues I'm in combined between everything redraft and dynasty and best ball is 17. And that's a lot. And I thought I had all my, my, my rosters set. And lo and behold, going into last night's game, I needed like 25 points between – uh, Bradley McDougal in an IDP league, and Allen Robinson. And I got there, but I, I felt bad because I left Malcolm Smith of the 49ers in my lineup. So I managed to squeak out a win while committing the cardinal sin of leaving a, an injured player in my lineup. So it just goes to show you, you can never be too safe, and, and you've got to double check. So make sure you're doing that. Well, listen, before we get into the news and some business time, I just want to make sure that we do a little bit of housekeeping. We continue to get tagged in a lot of tweets at the Dynasty Warzone handle, which is at Dynasty Warzone, and our individual handles. And we love that. So if you just want to retweet, just hit at Dynasty Warzone. You want my comments, hit at DFF Memphis. And if you want Jerry's comments, it's at Jerry Sin DFF. We love to help you out and things of that nature. Last Friday, I got a wild hair and I just decided, you know what? I've been getting, you know, questions about, hey, where's your start sits? Where's your start sits? Hey, Jerry, where's our start sits? And uh, there was a bonus episode with none was. other than Randy. You know what? I was sitting there and I'm like, you know what? I don't have time to get this approved by the by the awesome folks and our, our good friends at the DF underscore network. But you know, I was like, you know what? I'll just, I'll just make a new show. Watch this. Watch this move. And with a little help of G, uh, of the Aussie guys, and uh, the credit card, I just bought a new bought a new uh, Podbean feed, and now it's live on Podbean and on iTunes, and it's the Fantasy Red Zone, so uh, the sister program. So that'll be dropping every Saturday. We'll continue to drop those starts and sits here on the Dynasty War Zone and the Fantasy Red Zone both. But after week four, starting in week five, you'll only be able to get those start sets on the Fantasy Red Zone. So I'll make sure to tweet out some links. I'll tweet it out from both the Dynasty Warzone handle and uh, my personal handle, and I'll bother Jerry until he tweets it out from his handle. But listen, let's get into some business time because we have got an absolute ton of news to cover. So here goes a little bit of business time. Business. Now then, on this day right here, we're going to start taking care of business. Want an unfair advantage to nominate your fantasy football league? Look no further and download SquadQL, the only mobile app you need to crush your friends and rivals. SquadQL recommends the best starting lineup for each week based on your starters, bench players, and free agent pool. 
SquadQL provides waiver and trade recommendations too. Go to SquadQL.com to download SquadQL for free. SquadQL is brought to you by the creators of RotoQL, the leading daily fantasy optimizer trusted by 100,000 DFS players. All right, time for me to tell you about our sponsor, gtbets.eu. It is officially football season. So head over to gtbets.eu for a sign-up bonus of 100% cash up to $500 on the first deposit and 50% up to $500 on the second deposit. Now, these bonuses are cash as opposed to free plays. There is also a favorite team points discount. For two teams in the NFL, two teams in college football, two teams in the NBA, and two teams in college basketball for the entire regular season. That's a free half point on two teams in each of those leagues. There's also live betting on every NFL game. And be sure to subscribe to the DynastyFootballFactory.com newsletter, which drops every Thursday for other amazing promotions from GTBets.eu. Thank you for checking them out. All right, thanks for, to our sponsors, GT Bets and SquadQL. And if you're not using the SquadQL app, you are missing out. Now, obviously, my Dynasty Leagues are my babies, and I could run all my redraft stuff through SquadQL. It's, it's just it's a million bucks. It's slam dunk. Would you agree, Jerry? I was actually fiddling with it between classes today. Uh, so in the we have a, on the redraft team at DFF, we have a, it's an eight-team league, but it's two QBs, three running backs, four wide receivers, plus flex, plus tight end, all the all the stuff you could, all the bells and whistles. But I had Joe Mixon hurt, and I decided to mess around with the the trade because it has a trading calculator and advisor on it, and it told me to trade for Giovanni Bernard, and I was like, you know what, Squad QL, you are correct, my friend. Yeah, I I, I love it, and it, like I said, it makes my life easier, which is uh. Which is nice. So enough about Squad QL. Let's let's get into this news. And I think the biggest news it dropped on I think it was Saturday afternoon evening that the Cleveland Browns were not gonna play Josh Gordon this week because he had re injured his hamstring. And I was like, Well, son of a biscuit, he play, he he practiced on Friday. I mean, how'd this happen? Did it happen in like a walkthrough? You know what's going on? And then it was a couple of hours later that it came out that the Cleveland Browns are gonna cut Josh Gordon. And then we go through the whole rigmarole of the weekend, and, and lo and behold, he's traded to the New England Patriots for what is a conditional fifth-round pick. But if he does not play at least 10 games for them, then Cleveland will be then sending back a seventh-round pick to New England. So basically, Cleveland does what Cleveland does, and they gave New England something for free. But these teams do have a long track record of making deals. I mean, Jamie Collins, as, as well as a lot of others. So for Josh Gordon... I'll just give my two cents before I throw it to Jerry. I, You know, this is going to go one or two ways. It could be amazing like it was for Randy Moss, and he could have a nice you know, career resurgence there in New England with Tom Brady, or it could be an absolute dumpster fire like it was with Chad Johnson in New England with Tom Brady. So I'm hoping. I traded one share upon this news. I uh, use the good news to my advantage, as I often do. And I still have one share, but... That's plenty for me. I'm, I'm not risk adverse as it relates to Josh Gordon, but I do know in New England there's a lot of mouths to feed. You've got Gronk, you've got Hogan, Edelman will be back in a couple of games, the running backs. Uh, what's this do to Philip Dorsett and his mini resurgence over the last couple of games? Uh, and then you know you switch to the Cleveland side, 
And the only Cleveland wide receiver I want any part of is Rashad. I mean, it's not Rashad Higgins, excuse me, is Antonio Callaway. Outside of that, I want, you know, I guess Jarvis Landry, but I'm, I guess I'm referring to more at cost. I like Jarvis Landry, but outside of that, man, it's very sketchy. So, so where are you at with all this? You know, how does, Jerry, how do you think this affects New England's wide receiver core, and how does this affect Cleveland's wide receiver core? Well, New England plays the Lions this week, so obviously they're going to torch them. But uh, as far as Cleveland goes, I think you're right with Callaway. I mean, he did good. Anyone that watched that game and saw that dude's touchdown catch, that was great. Uh, I have not been an Antonio Callaway guy either. So to see that was sort of like, okay, Jerry, you were wrong on that kid. Especially uh, when Baker, it, especially when Baker takes over, they they, they <laughs> seem to have a little uh, a little connection in the preseason. Um, as far as New England goes, or as to be a Josh Gordon owner, I, I think you're right. You know, you don't want to have a ton of shares, but the shares you do have, I think you're you're super happy with that. I mean, where would you rather be with New England, Tom Brady, or in Cleveland? So, I mean, I'm I don't want to say he's going to be Randy Moss because I don't think he's going to be Randy Moss, but I also don't think he's going to be Brandon Lloyd or Ocho Cinco or anything like that. I mean, if this guy does get on the field and Tom Brady's throwing him the ball, Tom Brady will find him and he will be relevant. I like it. I think I I think anyone that has him, it will be super excited to see what he does. I, I agree. I, th- I think he'll be to roll him out if he's listed as a starter for New England. I think you can I guess expect wide receiver three returns, but there's no reason why he couldn't put up wide receiver one numbers for you. So I'm excited to see what what he does in New England with Tom Brady. But let's stick in Cleveland for a second and talk about Tyrod Taylor. You know, struggles again. Uh, doesn't absolutely kill you from a from a fantasy standpoint. But Jerry, is it Baker time? It's close. I mean, the the Browns are as close to a win as you could have. And, you know, unfortunately for them, moral victories count for nothing. I mean, and they have the Jets coming up on Thursday. If there has ever been a poopier matchup on Thursday night in a game that is notorious for poopy matchups, the Browns and the Jets, if Tyrod doesn't have a lead by halftime, I would not be surprised to see Baker Mayfield, Mr. Nissan Heisman House, planting the flag on Mariota's sandwich in for the second half just to see what he can do. No, I, I agree. And I, I, I don't think, I think Cleveland has a real late buy. You, you can be my fact checker on that, but I, I think they have a week 11 buy, if I remember correctly. And if I could see if Tyrod struggles on Thursday night, that would give, that would give the Cleveland team, you know, time to get, Baker up to speed. They give him ten days between this game and Week Four, and would would that surprise you if you know Week Four Baker was out there? Would that would that be uh, something you would consider as the head coach of the Browns, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, I think you have to, and you took him one overall. And to answer your question, yes, it is Week Eleven is there by, but at some point you have to go with them. And if Tyrod's not winning, I mean, Tyrod hasn't, you know, he's not been the worst quarterback in the world. But at the same time, you took. Baker, number one. He's your guy of the future. Give him a crack at it. Maybe you can get a win. And if you can get a win, you can get a little hype going. Maybe you can get something rolling. And Because the team has hung with some good teams. And they've been close. They could easily be 2-0 right now. No, that, that's fair. And they've, they've had some kicker woes for sure. So it'll be, it'll be interesting. But I, I will say this, and it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility for this to happen. If Sam Darnold shows up, 
plays real well like he did in week one. Not so much in week two. I mean, he did have over 300 yards passing in week two. But if he shows up and they play well enough to beat the Cleveland Browns with Tyrod Taylor at the helm, and that almost rubs it in the face of the Cleveland Browns that, hey, you passed over me for someone else that's not even starting for you right now. So I, I could see where that might be the uh, the catalyst or the, the spur for change. But listen, let's go from the uh, from the uh, 0-1-1 Browns to the 1-1 defending world champs Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz has been cleared for contact and will be ready for week three to face my Indianapolis Colts. And he's going to be showing up with a less than full assortment of weapons. Alshon, you know, I have not heard anything official on him. It wouldn't surprise me if he came back. Mike Wallace is out for maybe the year with a broken fibula. They signed Josh Adams off of their practice squad at running back, which gives me pause of how healthy Jay Ajayi is right now, or even Darren Sproles. There's a reason why they're pulling up a running back is that they. I'm assuming that they don't think one or both of those two running backs is going to be ready for Sunday. Uh, do, do my Colts have a chance to roll into Philadelphia and beat this team, this injury-depleted Philadelphia Eagles squad? Uh, they do because it's very injury-depleted. Like If you were going to watch a video of what the Philadelphia offense would be, it would just be a tumbleweed rolling across your screen with everybody. Of course, Wallace breaks his leg. You know He finally gets a little love for the first time in a couple of years, and he's going to be out for a month or two. Alshon's still hurt. You know, Josh Adams comes up, but I don't, uh, he would have to make a monster splash to be relevant in the immediate future. I think that's going to be a Corey Clement sort of offense for the meantime. But Nelson Aguilar, he's interesting, man. He could, he could have a lot of upside if Wentz wants to pepper him like Nick Foles has been. Uh, I don't think he has a choice. He doesn't have a choice, but no, he doesn't have a choice but to pepper him with targets. I mean, it's him and Zach Ertz. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's had eight catches each of the first two games. So, I mean, he's been getting the looks as it is, and now everybody's out except for him. He's one of those guys, if you're in a full-point PPR league, he might get you six points just in catches. And I I love Nelson Aguilar coming. He's not one of my where-I-was-right plays of the week, but I've been on Nelson Aguilar all year. I mean, I've I've been a big proponent of Cooper Cup, and I've went as far as to call Nelson Aguilar the Cooper Cup of the East. You know, bigger guys, not not huge, you know, not like, you know, Calvin Johnson guys, but, you know, good slot receivers that in this modern-day NFL with these modern-day offenses just really seem to drive some points. Well, let's uh, let's talk about another quarterback. We talked about Tyrod. We talked about Carson Wentz. Let's talk about Mar- Marcus Mariota, and the, he's day-to-day. And I found this interesting. I, I, I saw on Twitter on Sunday that, you know, he's got nerve issues in his elbow to the point to where – He's got numbness in his fingertips. I mean, this is a guy who had not looked good during the preseason. And this is a team that, that, that just beat a Houston team that I was really high on coming into this season. Jerry, how, on, on a scale of one to all of them, how, how, uh, how nervous are you about Marcus Mariota? I mean, I actually didn't know about the finger numbness. So that's why you got to follow Randy on Twitter at DFF Memphis because you learn those things. But, I mean, nervous. I mean, you could, I mean, what? How good is Blaine Gabbert? He threw 117 yards. Good, good so. enough to beat Houston. Yeah, I mean that's true. But you know, it took a 66-yard fake punt from your 
safety to your fullback or whatever that guy i actually what's his name do you know his name i i don't but i i saw the highlights uh sunday was it was a very busy day for me personally i was uh it's what i called phone football on sunday i was i was doing a lot of this from my phone i had a two-hour window during the, the the early games where i got a chance to to check some stuff out live and then everything else has been watching watching on the internet so no and but, but I'm telling you, I'm nervous for Corey for Corey Davis. And yeah, I mean, and you know, that's that they're still missing Jack Conklin and Taylor Lewan. I mean, there's your Pro Bowl uh, right tackle and your All Pro left tackle. On top of your quarterback, can't feel his hand. Your other quarterback is Blaine Frickin' Gabbert. I mean, it, yeah, they beat they beat the Texans, but that's that's scary. There's so much scary with them. No, I, I certainly agree with that. We were just talking about my Colts, and this next gentleman was a Colt for a, for a short while. But uh, Vontae Davis went in at halftime, called it a career. He uh, he changed into his street clothes, jumped into his uh, transportation, and moved it on down the road. I, uh, I got a text message about this. I was coaching the Little League game when this happened. And I was like, oh, my. I mean, nothing surprises me anymore in this day and age, but... Would it have killed you to have sat there, you know, faked a faked a hammy pull, and you know, sat on the bench for ninety minutes, and at the end of the game, tell Sean McDermott and the organization, "Look, I, I th- this is more than I want to deal with, and I'm going to ride off into the sunset." Instead, you FQ'd, and, and you moved it on. Jerry, uh, how embarrassing was this in your opinion for Vontae? <laughs> I I mean, it, it's embarrassing, but it's so funny. I, I think it is the second best retirement other than when Marshawn Lynch uh, put the picture of the the shoes over the the phone wire during the Super Bowl. (laughs) I thought that was awesome. But this, he just like, who just leaves? Who just leaves at halftime? Like, I could just imagine him like walking out in his pads, like in the parking lot and fans are just like, what the hell is going on? Here is I, mean, cleats. I, I don't blame him. But. Here is Cleats clacking on the concrete as he's getting into his, uh, you know, very expensive sports car. Trying yeah, to... he's just he, like he, someone throws a shotgun and he can just, you know, body slam someone through a table. But it's, I mean, I don't, I don't blame him. And I mean, it's Buffalo's bad. It's going to be cold real quick. And he's 30. And, like, and... I'm 30. If, if I walk down the stairs too fast, I'm going to be sore for three days. And this dude's going to play football. I mean, I get it. You know, he hopefully he's taking care of his money. This is a guy with Miami ties, and he played in a dome in Indianapolis and a dome in Houston when he played with Indianapolis and Tennessee and Jacksonville. So this is a guy who probably, you know, he, you're probably right, much like Anquan Bolden did last year. Now, Bolden handled it in a much more classy fashion. He probably sat back and said, you know what, this Buffalo winter's upon us. What, what do they say in the Game of Thrones? Winter's coming? He was probably like, you know what, this sucks. Winter's coming. I'm gone. But, uh, oh yeah! If you're a southern person too, and you come up to the cold where it hurts to breathe because it's so cold, then it's, I mean, like I like it. I like when it's chilly. But if you're from the south and not used to it, yeah, it'll it'll bite you quick. Yeah, it, it's brutal. I guess I've lived in Indiana most of my life, so I, I'm used to it. But I said I said Vontae Davis should have faked a hammy injury. But I'll tell you who guys two guys who aren't faking hamstring injuries, and that's Dalvin Cook and Larry Fitzgerald. Now, from all that I've read, both guys are going to be quote-unquote fine, but I heard the same nonsense last week about Leonard Fournette, and Leonard Fournette sat out. 
So I'm, I'm less concerned about Larry Fitzgerald. It sounded like he would have went back into the game if head coach Steve Wilkes would have let him. But basically, as the head coach said, he was protecting Larry from himself. The running back one bothers me. I don't know if it's the same leg as the ACL that Dalvin Cook's coming back from, but uh, we saw this with Jarek McKinnon, and I'm not trying to link the two. I'm not Stefania Bell. I'm not a not a doctor. I just play one on a podcast with Jerry. But if I had a bell, I would have rang it right there. But I don't got a bell. Right? I, I don't either. But you know, it was it wasn't too much long after Jarek McKinnon had a calf strain, you know, which is a a, a, a posterior chain muscle. And, you know, th- then he has an ACL injury. I'm not trying to say that Dalvin Cook's going to have another ACL injury. It's just like I-, I hope they don't rush this guy back. I hope they realize that they're in good shape in the NFC. They've got a really good team. They've got a good, you know, running back behind him and Latavius Murray. And I'm not too worried about Larry. Where are you at with these two guys, Dalvin and Larry? Exactly where you're at. I mean, the Cardinals were trailing 19 to nothing. Their offense – hasn't shown no a pulse. first downs. Yeah, I'm it was putrid. I think I think I saw a stat that said they didn't cross midfield until the last drive of the game or something absurd. And you know, he's Larry Fitzgerald. Do you really want to get him hurt in week two when you're down nineteen and you're not gonna win that game against the Rams? No. Trade him to Philadelphia. They're, they're hurting for <laughs> wide receivers. D- give Larry one one crack at you know maybe doing something in the playoffs because he's not going to at this point in his career. He's maybe got this year left. Nah, Larry. Larry's a lifer. I mean, we're talking about a dude that gave a freaking eulogy at uh, John McCain's funeral in Arizona. That as much as he deserves a Super Bowl, I cannot imagine that dude leaving. But Delvin Cook. That's another – I think you hit that right, where he's downplaying it. But every single person is not listening to it. We all don't believe – we've only seen the dude play six games, and he missed most of last year. Now we're worrying about it again. Like you said, he's got Latavius Murray. Sit the dude. Get him healthy. And they're playing Buffalo. And and, and I know it's a juicy matchup for dynasty owner and for fantasy owners in general, you know, to, to get a shot at Buffalo. We just saw what Melvin Gordon did to Buffalo – Last week, they're like a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, and I don't care. I don't care. If there was, There's never going to be a better week to give Dalvin Cook uh, the week off. And, and dynasty owners should love that. As a dynasty podcast, we're, we're advocating for owners to advocate for Dalvin to get the week off. We're in this yeah, football. We're long haul. Yeah, and if you're the Vikings, Latavius Murray's good. I mean, if something were to happen to Cook, you know, I said it about James Conner that I, he would be a top-15 guy. I mean, Latavius Murray, if something happened, would easily be an RB2 that you could start every week just because of how potent that offense is with potential to be even higher. So I, it's the risk is not worth the reward. The juice is not worth the squeeze. Let him get healthy. Wait till the meat of your season because that's when you want him to be healthy. Not He doesn't have to be 100% now. And I'll leave it on this. If, if that Jacksonville-New England game, that was Jacksonville Super Bowl for this regular season. There wasn't a more important game because that was a team that beat them in the AFC Championship last year. If Jacksonville's willing to sit Leonard Fournette for that game, Minnesota should damn well be able to sit Dalvin Cook for an out-of-conference game against Buffalo. Uh, I do want to kick it over to a- Antonio Brown. Now, this is one of my picks to make it to the Super Bowl, and so far this is this is looking like where, where Memphis was wrong. 
But Antonio Brown is allegedly gutting out a calf injury, which does not make me happy. And, and then there was a tweet where some fan or someone said, you know, Antonio Brown should be grateful on that Big Ben. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but some kind of tweet to the fact that Big Ben made him and he should have been grateful for, you know, being a stealer with Big Ben and that, you know, he couldn't do it without, without Big Ben or whatever. And he was like, well, trade me then. And then it came out today that he skipped work. He missed a, a film session and, and something else. And, you know, between that and the Le'Veon Bell situation and, you know, the, the offensive lineman talking about Lev Bell's money, and it just gets crazier and crazier in Pittsburgh. Does this feel like it's unraveling to you? And on a side note, how much do you love Juju Smith-Schuster? Yeah. You know, I was a hater of Juju. Wrong. He just keeps punching me in the face with stupidity every single time that dude tears it up. But I mean, something's up in Pittsburgh. You know, he didn't just miss work for no reason. I don't know what it is. I'm not there. There's something. I mean, as far as the the uh, the injury, not super worried about it. I mean, he he tore his calf partially in Week 15 last year. He didn't miss any time. You know, I mean, it didn't stop him from getting nine catches against the Chiefs this past week. So, I mean, they need a win in a bad way. He's a fierce competitor. He's going to be out there. Yeah, I mean, the Steelers, something is up. And I think it all surrounds Le'Veon Bell and what's going on there. Some of the players are with him. Some are against him. Something has to happen there. Well, they're, they're playing one of the hottest commodities in the NFL right now on Monday night. They're playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, th- this could be very well where the Pittsburgh Steelers could be winless through three games. But let's, let's get out of Pittsburgh. Let's go to Green Bay. And that Aaron Jones is eligible to return this week from suspension. I tell you, I personally just got a share of Aaron Jones in a trade I did yesterday. And I'm pretty excited. I did a little research before I pulled the trigger. And, A, it's, it's obvious to everyone not named Mike McCarthy that he is the most dynamic and best running back on the team. That does not mean that McCarthy won't continue to be loyal to Jamal Williams, who is an exceptional pass blocker. And when your QB is already nicked up in Aaron Rodgers, it might be a good thing to keep your best pass blocking running back on the field. But I'm excited to see what this is. I, I looked, and no one in... Green Bay in the backfield, whether that's Williams or Ty Montgomery, neither one of these guys has scored more than 11 PPR points. Can Aaron Jones come in here and steal this job away from a production standpoint? And are you interested in buying Aaron Jones in Dynasty, Jerry? Yes, I am interested in him. I drafted him last year. I loved the kid. I loved when he went to Green Bay. I don't think he's going to come in immediately and be fantasy relevant. I think it is going to be one of those headache situations. Jamal Williams is going to get love. I mean, he's gotten 31 carries in two weeks. I know Aaron Jones hasn't been around, but it's not like they're just going to give him zero now. Uh, If I am a dynasty owner that doesn't own Aaron Jones and you like what you've seen with him, then I would try and buy him now, maybe in the next couple of weeks when you only see that he gets eight or 10 carries. Because I do think by the time you get to that playoff run, I think he's going to be the guy that gets the 16, 17, 20 touches. And he'll be that great, you know, flex option come playoff time that could help you get, you know, 15, 20 points and win your matchup to get to a championship or possibly win a championship. No, that's a good call. Well, let's go to uh, another young player and one of my personal favorites because I called him my offensive rookie of the year. That's DJ Moore. 
And Coach Ron Rivera said, we need to put more on DJ's plate. Now, we don't curse here in the Dynasty War Zone, but I said something along the lines of no shizzle. I mean, I mean, no offense to Devin Funches, but that guy is a plotter. I mean, that, that guy, he, he looks like a tight end, and it's no wonder his stats go up when Greg Olson goes out. He is not. Yeah, yeah, you can hear him. You, like, he makes that sound as he moves. And DJ Moore looked great on that 50-plus yard touchdown he had the other day. Yeah, you might want to get him more involved. And not at the sake of Christian McCaffrey, but, I mean, if Devin Funches or Ian Thomas, who I think he dropped a touchdown, if I remember it correctly. And, oh, yeah, right in the mitts. Yeah, right, right, in. right in the old mitskis. And D- DJ Moore, outside of Christian McCaffrey, and I can make a case where DJ Moore looks as dynamic as a playmaker on the field. Yeah, Ron Rivera, let's do that. Let's get DJ Moore uh, some more touches. But then again, I don't mind. I've only got DJ Moore shares in two of my, I think, 10 Dynasty Leagues, 9 or 10. And I'm looking to get more. So if you can also, on a side note, help keep the price down just a little bit longer. Let me catch an impatient owner slipping because I love DJ Moore. Would I like him better with a different quarterback? Yes, but I think he can be just fine in Carolina. Uh, are you a DJ Moore guy? You buying? I, I was worried when he got drafted by Carolina, but of course you need to get the ball to DJ Moore, Ron Rivera. This dude has one catch in the first two games and two rushes. He has more rushes than he does receptions. And that touchdown, his one reception, which he stiff-armed that boy into 1987 and then took off. It was fantastic. Yeah, give him the ball. What You took him in the first round. This is why I don't... Some NFL teams drive me nuts because they want to just be the smartest guy in the room when they don't do what's right in front of him. Okay, we took this guy in the first round. He's clearly talented, and we loved what we saw out of him. Why are we not trying to make him a focal point of the offense? It's just, like the, it's like the kid it. on Christmas who, who gets a new toy, and they can't quite figure out how to use it. So instead of taking the time to learn how to use it, they just set it off to the side, and they'll get back to it whenever they get back to it, as, as opposed to... You know, taking this really nice thing that they have and, and figuring out how to get the most out of it. Hopefully, Ron Rivera and that offense gets more out of my man DJ Moore. But we got two more quick stories about some busted up running backs. You got Shady McCoy, who one minute has broken ribs, then he doesn't, and then maybe he does have broken ribs. He may or may not play. I've been off Shady. I said to sit him last week, and had you listen to me, especially I said in standard leagues on this on the new start sit show, you you would have saved yourself a, a six point outing because he had combined rushing and receiving just over 60 yards, which is pretty gross. And then my man, uh, one of my favorites, and even though he was an off-season sell for me, I'm still a big fan. You can't stop liking guys that you like and just like how they play the game, and that's Devonta Freeman. Looks like he's going to be out two to three weeks, so probably this week and one more, and, and then we'll see. So obviously in the meantime, you'll be firing up some Tevin Coleman. But I, I'm off shady. If, if he plays – Great. Use the broken ribs as an excuse not to play him. You've got to have a better option out there. Jerry, where are you at with Shady? And uh, do you love Devonta Freeman? So here's the thing on Shady. A couple episodes ago, I said if you could get him cheap, he would be one of those guys that could help you get over the top. I was wrong on that take. That He should have walked out with Vontae Davis into that parking lot with his cleats a clanking. He should have shotgunned the beer, that natty ice in the Buffalo cold. I actually don't know if it was cold, but I'm just going to assume it's always cold in Buffalo. It's 
And you're talking about an older guy who's got rib injuries. Now, I don't know if the listeners out there have ever suffered a rib injury, but it's awful. It's brutal. When you, when you breathe, it hurts. When you put your socks on or tie your shoes and you have to bend over, it's agony. Sneezing is it, it, you have to lay down just so your body doesn't move to hurt you. And this guy has to get hit by the biggest, the fastest, and the strongest humans on the planet. And try and play through that with rib injuries? Don't see it. And eventually it's going to get cold. And when it's cold and you've got broken or hurt bones, it hurts even more. I would be selling right fast and in a hurry if I had Shady. Sorry, dude. Loved you your whole career. You got to hang it up before you can't hang it up anymore. You're going to have to crawl out of there. And I will say this on Shady. If he does play any more games in the next coming weeks, that tells you how much that guy loves football. Because if he's going to, to Jerry's point, if he's going to play with broken or cracked or hurt ribs, and he's going to you know strap on that chin strap and go out there and do his job against that Minnesota defense, that man loves to play football. That man really, 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 really loves the game of football. And he also apparently loves taking an ass whipping. So, Jerry, anything on Devonta Freeman before we uh, we look back at the the week you know week twos where we were right and where we were wrong? Yeah, I actually got a, a little bit of a big thing on Devonta Freeman. I might rant a little bit. Hopefully, I hopefully I can keep it short and sweet. So, Tevin Coleman is going to be your guy. He's and, and now is the time that that dude needs to step up and make himself for money some money for next year. Freeman's one of the highest paid running backs in the NFL. So it's not very likely that Tevin Coleman is in Atlanta in 2019. Last game, your first act as the lone guy, 16 carries, 106 yards, plus you got four receptions. Good start. Keep it going. You know, here's the thing. I think both of these guys are a buy because Tevin Coleman is not the starter yet. And Freeman is hurt, plus Tevin Coleman's looking good. And people are always sort of down on Devonta Freeman, but you got to realize when Tevin Coleman's gone, he's going to be the guy in a great offense, and he's shown that he can be an RB1 consistently. Now, Atlanta will draft a running back next year. They'll draft one in the third or the fourth round, but who's to say those guys aren't, you know, I mean, look at Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle. They went in the first round. They haven't been relevant yet. Rojo in the second, Chubb in the second, you know, those guys, it takes time to be in the NFL. Not everybody is Kareem Hunt and, you know, We've been spoiled the last few years. Devonta Freeman is a buy because he could easily be RB1, and so could Tevin Coleman, and you're not going to pay supreme prices for either of them right now. You know, I looked at Tevin Coleman as like like a house flip. You see all those shows on TV about how to flip a house, and Tevin Coleman and TJ Eldon were my my two running back flips. They're both going to be free agents this coming off season, and there are guys that I've, I've actually managed to acquire a decent amount of shares of. But this injury to Freeman and the fact that Coleman's played at least pretty well in the in the first game with Freeman out have kind of you know raised his prices a little bit, which kind of pulls that equity back out of Tevin Coleman because he's a guy that you know you were able to get earlier in the season that I could see whose value takes that Jarek McKinnon esque push in the off season from a dynasty standpoint if he comes if he becomes a free agent. And he winds up in a really good offense. And even before he hits the field for a game, the you know assumed value of a of a entity like Tevin Coleman will just go up and up and up. Well, Jerry, listen, we could we could talk about the news all day, and we have so far. 
But man, let's get into uh, where we were right and where we were wrong. Um, I will start this off. I will talk about uh, your quarterback and one of my personal favorites, Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford, I said last week to to, uh, to chill out and not worry about it. So I get a yeah, buddy. Yeah, you know Matthew Stafford rebounded from his disastrous Week One performance at home against the Jets. He went on the road. He went 34 of 53 for 347 yards and three touchdowns. Guys, every quarterback has a bump in the road, and and we're not quite ready for overreaction theater yet. But you can't overreact to every single game. You'll make yourself insane. So I was definitely right on Matthew Stafford this week. Jerry, where was an instance where you were right? Let's go to the guy that he kept throwing it to, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, buddy. Six catches, 89 yards, and one such a beautiful touchdown. I don't even know how he scored it. His little spin reach, I I, I can't even explain it. Dan Miller, the Detroit Lions play-by-play, did a fantastic job because I had to listen on the radio. And when I saw it later, I was flabbergasted that he actually scored. Kenny Galladay's awesome. Uh, We've been, you know, here in Michigan, we've been hearing the hype about Kenny Galladay, and I've been hyping him. To see it consistently, (laughs) Randy, I love it. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I don't have any. I don't have any Kenny Galladay, any Kenny Galladay shares anywhere. But I, I'm looking to acquire them. The problem is, is that his uh, excellent play is unfortunately driving the price up. Well, I've got to admit where I was wrong, and that was on Patrick Mahomes. I said that he was. I said on the Start Sit Show to temper your expectations. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Uh, no, they're not impressed by my performance, but you couldn't be anything but impressed by Patrick Mahomes going 23 of 28 for 326 yards and six, count them, six TDs. He went into Sixburg and he dropped a touchdown on them for every championship they have. This guy's got 10 touchdowns. I, I love it. I was wrong this week. I, 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 th- I think the kids got chops. I didn't think he to this level, but I could see, I could almost feel. The Deshaun Watson-esque hype train slowly starting to build. And I'm not, again, I'm, I'm not trying to piss on the fire of Patrick Mahomes. And I was wrong about him, at least through two games. But as more and more defensive coordinators get more and more tape on him, you got to temper your expectations. Can he be a solid play? Hell yes, he can. But I, I was wrong this week. He had a great week. Jerry, where were you wrong in week two? I was wrong with a running back. And just to point out, Patrick Mahomes in the first two games he started has thrown more touchdowns than Mitchell Trubisky so far in his career, which is just outrageous because he's, what, 18 games in or something. But the guy I was wrong about is Chris Thompson. Now, when Geis went out, you assumed he was going to be the guy, but I thought little scat back, receiving back was not going to be super relevant. He's been... Freaking good. I mean, he only, he had four rushes for one yard, and you're like, oh, okay, that's pitiful. 13 catches, 92 yards. Week one, 65 rushing yards. 63 receptions with a touchdown. He's put him in. Plug that dude in. Feel good about it. He's one of those guys that zero RB guys love, and they should because he makes them look smart. No, I, I agree. And the, the next guy I was correct about was is Derrick Henry. Uh, I have never been a Derrick Henry fan, and I never will be. 
and his really awesome 18 for 56 stat line just confirms exactly what you're dealing with. And that's in PPR or, or standard. You're getting 5.6 points. And that ain't enough. I mean, he's a touchdown dependent running back three, four. And, and people, I'm telling you, you know, from a dynasty standpoint, this is the guy. I'm looking for good news. I'm looking for one good game. I'm looking for uh, 18 carries for 120 yards and two touchdowns, and I'm looking to drop that turd on the first sucker that'll pay me for it. I, I'm looking to get out from under, under out from under that that guy uh, faster than fast. So Jer- Jerry, where else were you, were, were you correct uh, this this past weekend? Let me let me wipe the tears from my eyes before I start talking. Amari um, Cooper, he I was a week late on him. You know. You were right on him last week. You got to get your hot tub time machine. Uh, It's off the uh, the thermostat on the hot tub time machine with Amari Cooper is off as it relates to you, Jerry. We're gonna get you an Amari imbalance soon. God, I hope so. I hope so because I got a lot of Amari shares in Dynasty. But he he caught every one of his targets, and he caught ten targets. He actually didn't even get a target until the end of the first quarter. John Gruden said that he's been getting open downfield. Guess what? He had a 20-yard reception. He had a 30-yard reception. He caught 10 out of his 10 targets for 116 yards. Yeah, the dude gets open. But, uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. That was, that was for you. That was not for Amari Cooper because I was no. impressed against a very good Denver secondary. But I just I, I like Amari Cooper, and it was good to, good that he actually showed that he's not a dumpster fire. It, it sure was, and I tell you, a guy that I was expecting, this is the another guy where I was wrong this week, and I was expecting him to come out and kind of play like a dumpster fire against the defending world champions, and that's Ryan Fitzmagic. Oh, my gosh, what, what, what's he do? He comes out and throws for, you know, 402 yards, four TDs, and an interception, and, and that wasn't even my favorite part. So, again, I mentioned earlier I was super busy on Sunday with just tons of other stuff going on in life. So I, I see the pictures of this press conference. And, and at first, I think everybody had this reaction if you're an MMA fan like me. I was like, holy cow, he looks just like Conor McGregor. I was waiting for him to, you know, start throwing hand trucks at buses, you know, at the, the opposing team's bus in the parking garage and, you know, raising, raising hell. But, you know, I guess he was in Deshaun Jackson's wardrobe and gold chains and sunglasses and the beard. You know what? Good for you, Fitzmagic. And you know what? I, I hope for... All those savvy super flex owners and dynasty out there. I hope you scooped him up, and I hope you're going to the Jameis Winston owner who was hoping to get through a three-game suspension, and you're making that guy pay you because there's an owner right now in your super flex dynasty leagues that's going to trade you a rookie pick next year. Now I can't tell you what one. Uh, I saw Jay Cutler last year when he got picked up off the couch by the Dolphins. I saw him getting rookie firsts. I'm not saying you're going to get a, fit, a first for Fitz Magic. But I was wrong on Fitzmagic, and if you can look to sell him and you or you want to ride the wave, that's up to you. But I was definitely wrong on Ryan Fitzmagic. Jerry, where else were you uh, were you wrong this week? You know what? This one deserves two drops, Randy, because I'm now I have two, but the first one is Ryan Fitzpatrick as well. I, I don't think that was isolated to just Jerry and Randy of the Dynasty Wars. I think a lot of people were predicting that Fitzmagic was going to struggle against the Eagles. Yeah, I mean, how are you going to have back-to-back 400-yard, four-touchdown games? But the other one was his counterpart, Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, I, I mean, Deshaun Jackson. Fine. 
I dropped. I, mean, I, I dropped. I dropped him in a, in, a, in a shallower dynasty league, where I could really use the wide receiver help to keep some of my rookies. Again, it's a, it's a shallower league, so I had to drop somebody. Um, and don't get me wrong. In the long term, I'll be glad that I got Cortland Sutton. But right oh, now, yeah. I'm kicking myself because this is kind of like a minor rebuild that I'm I'm in the midst of, and it would sure be great to be able to flip Deshaun Jackson for something right now. Which is exactly what you should do if you have Deshaun Jackson. But, you know, a couple episodes ago, I told you that Deshaun Jackson was the guy that the sucker has at the bottom of his team because he only does good once or twice a year. And five catches, 146 yards, two touchdowns. And then this week, he goes four catches, 129 yards, and a touchdown. Like, come on. He's just he's just throwing bricks of stupidity at me and just watching them bounce off my nose. No, I agree, and I'm gonna, we're going to end on a high note. We're going to tell you where we were right, and I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. If you listen to the Dynasty War Zone, even in the last season, I am a huge Cooper Cup fan. And you know what? He's not out there giving you Juju Smith-Schuster stat lines. He's not dropping 10 catches. He's not dropping 100-plus yards. He's not filling it up. But you know what? You know what Cooper Cup is? He's an awesome back-end wide receiver, too, a guy that you can count on. You know what, even in a game where they were up early, he still managed to get you 6 for 63. That's 12 points. I can live with that. That's that's solid. You know, is, is he going to put up rock star games? I'm sure he'll have one here or there. But when he's, you know, on a team with Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, and for him to be steady Eddie over there with, you know, 17 PPR points in week one and 12 PPR points in week two, Man, that's what you're looking for. Those are the kind of guys that are un, are uh, unsung and can really help you win dynasty championships. Jerry, where were you? Uh, where were you right on the way out for week two? Last week, I said that the Denver backfield was going to give you headaches. Now they were both productive this week, so that's the good news. The bad news is Philip Lindsay is the one that got most of the carries looked very efficient. 14 carries, 107 yards. That's a good-looking running back. Royce Freeman got your touchdown. Eight carries, 28 yards. Sort of was poopy. And he's the guy that most people have, and he got a touchdown, so he might have bailed you out if you were not believing in Philip Lindsay. So it's just, it's going to be a whole lot of that coming up. Just, you know, maybe one of them can snag it, but I just don't see it happening. I mean, with the draft capital of Royce Freeman, and he's shown that he can be a guy, he's going to get some looks. And with Philip Lindsay just coming out of the no- nowhere, looking like Goliath stealing Royce Freeman's you know spotlight, he- he's going to get some work. It's going to be you know one guy's going to get seven points, one guy's going to get nine points, and you're just going to have to suck that up until it's one. And I don't know if it's ever going to be in 2018. Yeah, and I and Devontae Booker was still on the field for snaps. So if you could get rid of that dude, maybe then uh, it'd be a little bit more palatable for both the Freeman and the Lindsay owner. But uh, Lindsay is still available in a couple of my of my waiver wires. I think two of my just checked ten dynasty leagues. So I'll be I'll be throwing out that fab budget for those win- Wednesday waiver drops. But uh, before we go into overreaction theater, Jerry Lord Bigglesworth he he found me on Twitter. And uh, he, he was he was he, he found, was not, he found he, me too. He was not happy with me about me talking about him drinking scotch and barbarians and so do do you happen <laughs> to know Lord Bigglesworth or, or while I play the drop, can you find Lord Bigglesworth tw- Twitter handle so we can 
make sure we make it up to this man by getting him some Twitter followers? Yes, I can do that. All right, well, let's go to the theater. Let's uh, let's see where we're overreacting this week. And welcome to Overreaction Theater, where everything you observed deserves immediate reaction. Well, he definitely sounds more sober this week. So uh, what's Lord Bigglesworth Twitter handle, Jerry? All right, it is at LD underscore and then Bigglesworth, B-I-G-G-L-E-S-W-O-R-T-H. Well, how else would you spell Bigglesworth? Well, listen, I'll I'll just go right into it as uh, this show's already going way long. Uh, my, my overreaction theater is the Patriots lost to Jacksonville. Ho, 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 hold your horses. Uh, I, I know Jacksonville looked really good. They held Gronk way in check. Uh, cost me a win in my redraft league, but that's okay. Uh, like I said earlier, I think this was Jacksonville's Super Bowl, and I think that this game was at home. It was the, the 425 afternoon game. The Jacksonville Jaguars gave the Patriots their best shot. And we just saw the Patriots acquire Josh Gordon. So I think the next time these two teams meet, things will be a little bit differently. So I'm not overreacting to Jacksonville's win. I think it's good for the Jacksonville Jaguars, but it's not. It's nothing major to the New England Patriots. So, Jerry, what are you not overreacting to uh, coming out of week two? Uh, you're not going to like it. I know you're not going to like it because you already told me you don't like it. And that's the Pittsburgh Steelers' 0-1-1 start. So I, it's Wrong. toxic. Like, like I said earlier, I do think something is toxic there. I just think they have too much talent. I think Antonio Brown is the best wide receiver in the game. He can do things that people cannot do. He's not coverable. When Le'Veon hey, Bell comes back, he second? is a supreme talent. Can James Conner is a great replacement. Juju Smith is a phenomenal talent. Ben Roethlisberger is good at home. Well, let me, I mean, let me cut you off real quick because I have a question for you. And I don't I think, I think I've heard this anywhere else, but this has popped in my head when you said the name Juju Smith-Schuster after saying Antonio Brown. Do you get the feeling that Antonio Brown feels a little jealous of the emergence of Juju Smith-Schuster? Like he can see that almost the handwriting on the wall, that here's this young guy, this dynamic guy who I was dead wrong on. And we know James Washington is there. Do, do you feel like... Antonio Brown has got like a chip on his shoulder or anything like that. I, I'm, that. That's all narrative. I just made that up when you said there are two names, but that popped in my head. I mean, I can see it. And if anyone follows Juju Smith-Schuster on social media, he's he's an awesome follow. I mean, Antonio Brown is interactive, as we found out with the troll, which was a horrible take because he is not made by Ben. But, I mean... It's uh, a couple episodes ago I called you, you know, tinfoil hat wearing. I think this is a little bit of that, but I can see it. I can see it's in there. All right. Well, listen, so uh, Jerry's not overreacting to the Steelers 0-1-1 start, and I'm not overreacting to the Patriots' loss in Jacksonville. Well, listen, let's go over to the bargain bin. And how I vetted the bargain bin is I, I, I did, I went through all my dynasty leagues, and I wanted these guys to be available in at least 50% of those. So i got a couple of names that I, I will throw out there. Uh, one is Jakeem Grant of the Miami Dolphins. He's a little five foot seven slot receiver guy. Uh, Danny Amendola is in, the, in concussion protocol. So I don't know if that will limit his availability, but I, I think Jakeem Grant is someone that might be able to break out. I think they've wanted it to be Leonte Carew for the longest time. I don't think that will ever happen. 
So I think I wanted it to be Leonte Carew too. I'm so, well, I'm sorry about your luck. I want I want a, a little. If you're looking for like a like I said a cheap little stash on a deeper dynasty, uh, that's why he's in the bargain bin. And then Marcus Murphy, not to be confused with Charlie Murphy, of the Buffalo Bills. I mean Chris Ivory. If if, if Shady's got broken ribs, and if Bonte Davis picks him up in that sports car, and you're left with just Chris Ivory to man that backfield. I mean Chris Ivory's had an injury history himself. And Marcus Charlie Murphy could be a nice little uh, stash, a little fine here in the bargain bin. Charlie Murphy. All right, what do you got? Charlie Murphy. Uh, I got Jerry. Uh, forgive me if I butcher this man's name. Jarius Wright or Jarius Wright from? It was uh, Jarius. Jarius, thank you. From the Panthers. So I do believe that DJ Moore is going to get a better target share than he has, but you know. Maybe that's coach speak. Maybe there's a reason that he's been not getting that. But Bright, five catches, 62, and a touchdown. I mean, that's that's something. I mean, that's a workload. I mean, that's you're getting consistent looks. I mean, and I'm certain he's free. Another guy is, I've been saying that that, that guy outside of Michael Thomas is going to get a role for the Saints. And I've been hoping it was Traycon Smith, Smith, excuse me. It looks like it might be Ted Ginn. Ted Ginn just never dies. He's like Frank Gore. He just, the cockroach of the NFL. You know, he four catches for 55 yards, and it seemed like every big play while they were breaking the Browns' heart was Ted Ginn. You know, he scored a touchdown last week. It's just those type of guys, man. Ted Ginn is one of them. Alfred Blue is my last one just because nobody loves Lamar Miller. Yeah, I his mom. I'm one does. of those people. No, go ahead. I was gonna say his mom probably loves him. I mean, maybe we don't know their dynamic, but I mean, maybe not from like a fantasy. Maybe not from like her fantasy. Maybe Mrs. Miller does not have Lamar Miller on her fantasy team, though. It's completely possible. Yeah. But you know, and I don't love Dante Foreman, and Dante Foreman's hurt, and you know, even when he comes back, who's to say that he's going to be healthy enough to perform? And if something were to happen to Lamar Miller, you know, Alfred Blue might be a guy that gets, you know. 13, 14 touches. You know, he might not be awesome, but we're talking that's why we're talking about the bargain bin. But here's the thing, Randy. I wanna I wanna be the guy that slides us into this next section because I want to give this word a shot. Now I'm a northern boy, so I can't say it all that well. But who is your DFS darling? You know, uh, I, I you know what? Uh, you, you, right. you go ahead, you go ahead and do that. That was that was horrendous. Wasn't bad. You did all right with the darling. Um, my DFS darling is currently PPR running back 16, and that is Javorius Buck Allen of the Baltimore Ravens. He is going for a paltry 4,400 on DraftKings and a meager 4,900 on FanDuel. Now let's compare that to his to his teammate Alex Collins. On DraftKings, he's going to cost you another 800 bucks at 5,200. And on FanDuel, he Alex Collins cost you fourteen hundred more dollars at sixty three hundred versus Bucks forty nine hundred. That is a steal. That is criminal. Uh, Buck Allen over the first two weeks, you know he's gotten fourteen point two PPR points and fifteen point four PPR points. Again, kind of like Cooper Cup, not super sexy. Not going to uh, be like, wow, you know, wh- where did this come from? Just a guy. Just a guy who has more PPR points right now than Dalvin Cook, who you can get for an absolute steal. So my DFS darling for the week is one Mr. Buck Allen. 
Jerry, who's yours? Oh, Jerry's is another steal. He actually costs the same amount on DraftKings at 4400 He's a little bit more expensive than Buck Allen was. He was 4900 on FanDuel, and my guy's 5600 That's Austin Eckler of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Sorry. San Diego. I'll never get that. This dude is RB9 in half-point PPR right now. Sorry for using half-point. It's my preferred league, so that's what I look for. This guy, 98 total yards last week, 126 all-purpose yards with a touchdown in week one. So he has 230 or 224 total yards of offense. The starter, Melvin Gordon, has 232. We're talking about eight less yards. And Melvin Gordon's going for 8,400 on FanDuel. We're talking almost three grand more. Now, Austin Eckler is not Melvin Gordon, but for three grand more, if I can even get a third less of the production, ooh, baby, sign me up. Yes, it is. Well, less than um, we could say this one right here. Uh, I could fire up George St. Pierre again going into this uh, this last segment. That's the gtbets.eu parlay of the day. But uh, I'm not impressed by your performance. Jerry, we kind of stunk the joint out. I maybe had a little bit too much faith in Sam Darnold and that Jets defense. And you maybe underestimated that Dallas defense, which ripped the New York Giants to shreds. But you know what? Over the first two weeks, we are still 4-2 and against the spread, which is a very respectable return in the world of sports betting. So... uh, We'll, we'll continue to, to do this, and I, I was torn between two games this week. I ultimately ended up going with Green Bay minus two and a half at Washington. I just saw my Colts go into Washington and kick the crap out of the Washington Redskins, and they did not look good. And I don't know, I think that just puts into perspective, not that we needed much more, how bad the Arizona Cardinals is are, excuse me, but... I, I feel confident laying two and a half points at Washington, even if the even if the Green Bay Packers win by a field goal, I still cover. If it was three and a half, I don't know that I would have picked this game. That and the fact that Green Bay, as a road favorite last year, was one and one, and uh, Washington was one and three at home last year as a home underdog. So. I'm going to lean with some stats. I'm going to lean with Aaron Rodgers, and the fact that it's under three makes it a play for me. I'm taking the Green Bay Packers minus two and a half at Washington. I am going with a far superior team playing against a far inferior team on Sunday Night Football. That is the Patriots minus seven over the Detroit Lions. Now, excuse me while I rip my heart out as it dies by doing that but the lions are not good i did listen two weeks ago i would be punching myself in the back of the head for saying that because i had so much honolulu blue kool-aid just going down like it was air that i needed to breathe and just like the lions always do two weeks later they break my heart the patriots have josh gordon Uh, who knows how big of a role he has and, you know, Darius Slay is in the con- uh, concussion protocol, so if he doesn't play, uh, yeah, New England's going to mollywop my Detroit Lions. So to, 
it doesn't matter that it's in Detroit. It does not matter. Our run defense is poor. The secondary without Slay is going to get smacked around. Now, we do get some sacks. Tom Brady doesn't take a whole lot of sacks, so that's just great. I will take the Patriots minus seven over the fighting Jim Bob Cooters. You know, a couple of things. I, I, I Same thing. I like that, that that was seven and a half. That's where you would hope you had that gtbets.eu special where you could you know get that free half point on your favorite team and maybe the Lions or New England were your favorite team because you know getting that that, that game at seven and a half would be a, a real quandary because I mean even the worst case scenario I mean I, it should be you get a push out of the Patriots one would think and then off the air you're gonna have to explain to me a couple of things about the uh, the fighting Jim Bob Cooters and Honolulu Blue because I have no idea what in the blue hell you're talking about but but, but, <laughs> that's, but the, that's the the blue is the official blue color of the Detroit Lions is Honolulu Blue. Well, I'll be damned. I've heard you say that before, but I'm like, what the hell is he talking about? Is that, is that, like, is that like Pro Bowl blue? Is that the blue they wear in Honolulu? What is that? But, I, okay, I, I now see where you're going. Well, listen, we're going we're gonna to bring this one home. But if you want to know some start sits, I will be dropping that on Saturday on both. this. So if you're already subscribing, and why aren't you, uh, it'll be there when you wake up Saturday morning. And if you're... Uh, looking for another podcast uh, as the season goes on, just look at simply the Fantasy Red Zone. It's a picture that says the word Red Zone, and it's got like a uh, like a pulse beat in the background, and it has one show. So uh, you can find it there, and we're going to do a lot of cool stuff here in the Dynasty Warzone. Jerry and I want to make this show fun and interactive, but uh, Jerry, unless you have anything else for these good people, I'm going to uh, let them off the hook. No, I don't think so. Follow Lord Bigglesworth, man. He he's, he's he is quite the me. follow. He's, yes. he's a he's a violent Englishman. You know, he's scary. They're scary. He gets liquored up, and uh, Lord Bigglesworth goes hammer. So, listen on behalf of Jerry and Lord Bigglesworth, and everybody that supports us at the DF underscore Network and all of our uh, the podcast that we share the network with. So, I thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next week. Bye.